Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Do you want God to work mightily in your life? Do you want to experience His presence, His power, and His blessing consistently? Well, let me tell you, it's not a secret. Now, I'm discouraged by the number of people that when they share something from the Word of God, they they give it as a secret or a mystery. No, what we find is this. God reveals His truth freely, generously to His people. It's not a secret. It's not a mystery. It's not something that has to be discovered by someone else and given to you. It's simply a matter of you taking the anointed Word of God. Let me say that differently the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, and reading it, but reading it is not enough. You need to apply it to your life. And I'm going to share with you a psalm today that is a powerful psalm. Now, I realize that every psalm is powerful. Every psalm is the Word of God. But this psalm speaks in a very unique way. It encourages us to do certain things and God reveals if we do these things how he's going to respond in return and to me where certain people discourage me this Word of God is a great encouragement and remember something God does not lie what we encounter in his word is truth And what God says will come about if we do this, it will most certainly come about. So I want to challenge you that you take this psalm and the psalm that we're going to study in this lesson is Psalm 112. It's 10 verses. And my counsel to you is to read this psalm daily. Make a commitment for a few weeks, a month, or a few months to read this psalm and pray, God, help me to implement into my life the wisdom that is contained in this psalm. It's not a secret. It's not a mystery. It's easy to understand. Here's the question. Are you going to be wise enough and humble enough and faithful enough to do just that to take these words not my words but the scriptural words and apply them to your life that is wisdom and you will be amazed what god will do if you will follow his instructions well with that said take out your bible and look with me to the book of psalms and as i said psalm 112 what a marvelous psalm in a practical sense that instructs us how we are to live it begins by saying hallelujah praise the lord and i believe why that begins this psalm in a unique way 
is because if we do these things that are contained in psalm 112 the natural outcome will be us praising the lord not out of the fact that we're called to but because it will be a natural response to the goodness of god his faithfulness in our life when we are faithful we will experience his faithful response look again at verse one praise the lord and then we have a word ashray a very important hebrew term it means blessed and happy at the same time now that shouldn't be hard for us to comprehend because when you're blessed by god that blessing is going to give us joy happiness and so he says blessed is the man and how do i find that i'm blessed and made happy very simple it says yare et hashem happy is the man blessed is the one who fears the lord and again we talked about this frequently what does it mean to fear god make god the and i want to underscore that make god the priority of your life everything you do you do because he is number one in your life and every other thing is subjected to him meaning if he doesn't approve that you don't do it it's not he's number one but what's number two well he doesn't like that he's not for that but i i put him first so that i can do what i want second third and fourth no that is not walking in the fear of the lord the fear of the lord is giving god absolute priority over all your life every aspect of it so all things must be subjected to him and notice what the word of god says in regard to one who fears the lord notice what it says in his commandments he will delight greatly and literally he has delighted greatly meaning this this one who fears the lord he has a history of of being in the commandments and those commandments give him delight why it is keeping the commandments that demonstrate the fear of the lord now many people will will hear that and and struggle with that but it's a fact you demonstrate the fear of the lord by implementing his commandments all of his commandments that all the ones we find in the scripture we do them we apply them to our life and what's the outcome well once we really understand the commandments they are going to be a source of delight that's what it says here that we will delight in his commandments and will delight what's the last word of of verse one it's the hebrew word meod which means exceedingly in a very great manner now we're going to find delight i like the things that delight me those things are pleasurable they are pleasing but what the word of god reveals it is the doing of his commandments that bring a godly delight see there's many things that may delight your flesh that's sin 
That is not what we want to be connected to. That is not what's going to bring us a true joy. It is a deceiving joy. It is a temporary joy. It is a joy that is going to bring about destruction in our life. It is going to open up the door unto the enemy to attack, to bring adversity. No, we want to walk in the fear of the Lord, and that fear of the Lord is going to manifest itself in us delighting exceedingly in his commandments now notice the benefit of that look on to verse 2 we have the word gibor gibor means that which is mighty in modern hebrew gibor is a hero now a hero is someone that overcomes he he comes in and saves the day he is a deliverer he is someone that that acts in a way that defeats the enemy so it says here gibor ba'aretz a a mighty one in the land will be his seed so when i am someone who fears the lord delights exceedingly in the commandments of god that is going to have an impact not just in my life but what the word of god is promising is that it is going to have an impact on my children on my offspring and that will bring about my offspring to be mighty in this world that's what it means in the land in this world will be his seed his offspring what a wonderful promise so be faithful to god walk in the fear of the lord delight in his commandments not just for you in the short term but also for your offspring for your children and then it says the generation of the upright ones this is speaking about uh, your offspring it's in the plural the generation of the upright ones what will god do he will bless now i suppose that you could understand this that that the upright ones all those who fear the lord all those who delight in his commandments all those god will bless in this generation and his offspring a wonderful promise now what does that mean when you are committed to the word of god when you are submissive to the instructions of god that is going to bear witness to your children it is going to influence them to do the same now i can testify to you that that i have seen generations where one generation is involved in some uh, ungodliness and so are their children and so are their grandchildren and it seems to be a a chain reaction a chain reaction that's not good but the converse is true when you see a generation a a gentleman or a woman who is faithful to god that faithfulness seems to visit and brings about a similar faithfulness in her children his children his children grandchildren her children and grandchildren so this is what the scripture is promising us and notice something else move on to verse three we have more good news we have hone which is an estate it is we might think of it in a modern hebrew word it is a portfolio hone what we own what we possess our portfolio of assets and then it says honve osher what's osher wealth so our possessions and our wealth will be where 
in our house and righteousness his righteousness will stand forever now is it the righteousness of god certainly but the righteousness that is manifested in the ones who fear god the ones who delight exceedingly in his commandments the one who sees and here's the the message when someone puts god's principles into actions they will be blessed that's the last thing we saw in in verse 2 and we see those blessings oftentimes produce wealth a large portfolio and that large portfolio that wealth will be in his house meaning his family and it's going to produce he's going to use that for righteous reasons it's going to have an impact long term that's what it means his righteousness will stand forever and notice some other benefits and in this entire psalm there's just the benefits of fearing god and delighting his commandments verse 4 zarak meaning shine in darkness what will shine in darkness the light of the upright ones this is the second time that the upright ones are mentioned also at the end of verse 2. now in verse 4 the light of the upright ones will shine in darkness what does that mean in those dark times god's going to put his spotlight on the upright his light is going to be upon them the rest are having those dark times they're confused they are spiritually blind they don't have discernment they don't know what to do but the upright ones those are those who walk in the fear of the lord who delight exceedingly in his commandments they are going to have that guidance of the holy spirit in their life so that they can make wise decisions at difficult times and then it says and it's speaking about god god is gracious he is merciful and he is righteous now those characteristics should also become ours we should be gracious we should be be people who are merciful and be people who are righteous and why is that so that we can do the will of god it is those things the grace of god the mercy of god and god working righteousness in our life that allows us to find ourselves within the will of god why is that important look now at verse 5. tov ish meaning good is the man and good that word relates to the will of god so the man who is good is the man who's in god's will and what does he do he exemplifies the characteristics of god god was told is gracious so is he he is gracious that same same word with god hanun he is gracious and now we have honen which is one who behaves graciously and because he behaves grace gracefully what does he do keep reading in verse 5 he lends he is willing to take of his assets his wealth his portfolio and give to others in a generous way he wants to be a blessing he knows that god has given to him and therefore he wants to exemplify this same characteristic so he is gracious and he lends and he manages his affairs his matters his things that's literally what it is divarav 
He manages his things with justice. What is he concerned about? He is concerned about justice. Now, when you are committed to justice, it is going to give you a different perspective. When you are committed to that which is just, you are going to be the recipients of discernment. I want to say that again. When you are committed to justice, you will become a recipient of God's discernment so that you can make wise decisions, good decisions. So it's it's being committed to God's standards of justice, not what the world says. That is a false justice. You know, we hear a lot today about justice. We have the term social justice. Well, let me tell you with all assurance, for the most part, what the world sees as justice is an abomination before God. They see as justice a woman's right to kill her unborn baby. That's not justice. They see as just giving children medical treatment that will alter their gender, that will forever have an impact upon themselves. This is not justice. We see things happening today in the name of justice that is, as I said, heretical, an abomination before God. And we have individuals, and I'm talking about pastors of churches, that are embracing this false justice. It is a deceitful justice. It is not the justice of Scripture. Just like people will say, you know, the Bible condones slavery. (laughs) Not the slavery that was a a stench and a, a blot of shame on American history. The Bible did not condone that type of slavery. It's entirely different. We ought not even use the same term. It refers to something very different. The Bible speaks of when you become in debt, it gives you a way with honor to work off that debt. It tells people that you should only give people a certain amount of credit. Yes, we should lend generously, but only to a certain extent that we don't want to put someone over their head that they drown in debt and if we do do that then realize that they're limited to serve us not become a a slave that is abused but they can serve for a maximum of six years and the seventh year we have to provide for them and at the end of that time they go free understand that it's very very different the slavery of the bible than what plagued america and other places for hundreds of years and is getting even worse today slavery that's not the slavery of the bible and people are misguided they are ignorant of what the scripture says and therefore they are deceived to believe that this false justice that the world speaks of relates to the justice that the scripture speaks of it does not look at verse six for ever now it's two words for like f-o-r then the concept everlasting forever 
he will not and this word is collapse meaning he is not going to be overwhelmed with the things of this world you look today people are feeling overwhelmed i'm not surprised by that i'm not surprised by the number of of my friends that have children that have their own counselors and and i was talking to a good friend and he says you know i don't understand it growing up we never had a counselor that we went to and paid hundreds of dollars to each week in order to talk to we had friends for that we had had spiritual people elders and deacons and such that we could talk to if we had a problem and why is that they feel overwhelmed my my heart goes out to these young people who feel overwhelmed by society but i'll tell you the reason why and that is because they have not embraced biblical truth biblical truth gives us an encouragement a perseverance an endurance a desire to overcome a belief we can overcome with god with god all things are possible we're not going to be discouraged but we're going to see with god there is victory but what happens here well it tells us the simple truth for forever he will not collapse he's not going to be overwhelmed and for a memorial an eternal memorial will be the one who is righteous and here again it is when we and hear this carefully it is when we move act labor serve for god's standards of righteousness that we're going to see that we're setting ourselves up for a memorial meaning this we are laying a foundation for other people to look to and see and learn from live righteously righteousness is a testimony it shows god's work in our life it bears witness to the fact that we have faith in a god who is greater than all the problems in this world god's going to solve them that's what the kingdom of god is all about look now to verse 7. We have the word shmua. What's shmua? A a hearing. Now it comes from a word which means a rumor, something that you hear. It may be true, it may be not. But what it says here is from an evil hearing, hearing bad things, he will not fear. Now, this is a tremendous verse of scripture. It is a tremendous promise from God. It literally says something bad something evil that can be heard he does not fear meaning this it's not that nothing bad he's going to hear he doesn't fear that he doesn't give that priority why we hear something if we're in the natural that's devastating news we're just broken we're overwhelmed by that but with god people of faith realize it may be bad news but god's greater than this God's going to see me through this and if not he's going to take me to be with him I don't have to fear this I don't have to let it define me I don't have to be a person that is is oppressed by that I am free in Messiah so these things God's going to do one of two things he is going to deliver me from that praise God I don't need to panic I don't need to be full of anxiety or if this is the way that i'm going to die i receive some news i have terminal cancer 
I have a disease that's going to take my life, whatever it may be. Well, if that's the case and I'm not healed, that's okay. Because to be absent from this body, to die is to be with the Lord. As Paul says, to die is a gain for him. And it's a gain for you and me if we are in the faith, if we are part of that new covenant. So we don't need to fear a bad report something that we hear that is is evil something that is harmful we don't need to fear this because victory is our future either victory now in this world and if not so be it we have eternal victory promised to us so it says here from from a bad news he does not fear why his heart has been established and he is trusting in the lord let me ask you a question are you trusting in the lord you hear i'm sorry but you have a serious cancer you have some other disease that's tragic that's sad but are you trusting in the lord god will get you through that and and if you should die god is going to be there to receive you to himself is that a bad thing (laughs) that is a wonderful thing don't fear death don't let bad news define you alter you with god all things are possible and if he wants to give you a testimony of victory over that disease praise him if he wants to use that disease to bring you home praise him it's not a problem to be absent from this body is again it's to be present with the lord verse verse 8 it says here, Samuch, Samuch <clears throat> is a word to lean upon, to be leaning upon, or to be close to. And what it says here is this His heart has leaned, and the implication is leaned upon God, and therefore he will not fear. And he says, Unto. He's not going to fear. He's not going to stop believing. He's not going to be upset by these things because he knows it's only a matter of time until he sees what's going to happen to his enemies. His enemies, God is going to deal with. He's not going to fear. He's not going to give that priority. He's going to wait until God deals with that enemy. And God has a day. God knows it. I don't know it. Neither did you. But God has a day that he is going to defeat all the enemies his enemies yours enemy the enemies of his people praise god it's going to be and we just wait patiently we wait faithfully we wait in assurance that that day is coming this is what the psalmist is speaking about what do we do in the meantime look now to verse 9 bizarre what's bizarre bizarre is to distribute now again i'm looking at a a hebrew book of psalms it has the hebrew text and underneath it has words hebrew words to help us and underneath this word pizar we have the word matanot what's matanot gifts so he distributes what does he distribute he has distributed gifts he gives to the evionim the poor ones the destitute ones when when we are in the midst of having a problem god i have just heard some devastating news in the flesh i'm not living in the flesh i hear these news what am i going to do 
I'm going to increase my generosity. I'm going to give gifts. Why? Because if I'm going to die, I don't need these things. I can give them away now, not wait until after I die. So he says here, gifts he's going to give to the poor. And what will this demonstrate? His righteousness stands forever. Whose righteousness? God's righteousness. Hopefully, his righteousness is going to be manifested through me. And notice something else. His horn, and this is the very essence, his horn is going to be lifted up with glory. First and foremost, it's the the essence of God. We want to lift up him. He's glorious. But God also, God also will use us to manifest his glory. He will lift us up over our enemies, over those things that the enemy places against us in order that, (coughs) excuse me, in order that God is glorified. Now let's look at the last verse. We've talked about the benefits of the one who fears the Lord, the one who delights greatly in the commandments of God. But that doesn't describe everyone. I hope it describes you. But notice this one. It says, the wicked, that is the word rasha, the wicked, he will see, he see how you're responding, your faithfulness, your delight in the kingdom of God. He will see that and he will be angry. And what will he do? Shinav yachroch. He will gnash his teeth and will melt, meaning his heart will melt. He will just melt away when he sees your faithfulness and sees all of these attacks of the enemy. Didn't change you. Didn't cause you to doubt your faith. Didn't cause you to weep, panic, have anxiety. It just caused you to grow in faithfulness. That you were more generous, more giving, more loving, and that your righteousness that you received through him and from him was even more evident. That's what we're called to do. It makes that enemy mad. So what? I don't mind that the enemy's mad because I'm living righteously. That should be everyone's hope and what we all strive for. And he says here, the tavat, that is the desires, and these are lustful desires. The lustful desires of the wicked. What's going to happen to that? They are going to perish. Now it's singular. Tavat, desire, the desire of the wicked ones will perish. They're going to come to destruction, but we are going to come to everlasting life. Can I say that differently? We are going to come to kingdom life. Let me conclude by repeating myself. I would strongly encourage you to get to know Psalm 112. Maybe even memorize it and apply it to your life pray the psalm open up psalm 112 and pray god i want psalm 112 to define my life i want to to demonstrate the things that are in this psalm i want to be an overcomer i want to be someone who's committed to your justice not the false justice the deceitful term justice that that the world is using psalm 112 what an anointed psalm yes all the psalms are anointed but in a unique way this is so practical and my hope is that you will be encouraged to to cherish psalm 112 utilize it 
in order that you have a God-pleasing testimony. Well, I'll close with that until next week. Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.